Welcome to the Weekly Standards Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us to talk about the vice presidential debate is editor and publisher Bill Crystal. Bill, what did you think of the debate last night? Uh, I thought it had its moments. And uh, What am I, a bunch of malarkey? What are you kidding me? What is that stuff? What? Why are we here? Gonna, who who am get, I? Now, now I'm going to get a little rattled <laughs> and sort of try to stick to what I wanted to say. Because I've got, you know, you can see how tough it was for Ryan. You know, I thought he, he didn't do quite as well as those of us who know him well uh, thought he could do. I mean, if you, the real Paul Ryan is sort of one cut above a good Paul Ryan that right. we saw last night. But it is tough when you have some guy sitting five feet from you, interrupting, grimacing, smirking, <laughs> snorting, you know, and he's the vice president of the United States, so you don't feel you can quite just say, shut up, you know, behave yourself. <laughs> I was torn. The way, the because I would say to you, for example, you know? So. Exactly. I, I was torn because on the one hand, I wanted Paul Ryan to sit there and remain calm. On the other hand, I wanted him to run over and check to make sure that Joe wasn't blocking his own airwaves and didn't need immediate yeah. medical attention. You know, I really thought it a couple of times exactly that, that, you know what, Paul, Paul should almost get up and walk over and, like, pat him on the back and say, calm down, Joe, you know, I know it's, I know you're, well, you sort of said that once, you know, I know your job's on the line or whatever, and mm-hmm. you're, you're awfully excitable. I mean, it's, what struck me was, the, I mean, if Obama was bored and sort of distracted and showed ennui, you know, in his debate, Biden went to the opposite extreme and was excitable and slightly crazed, and, you know, um, uh, I guess you've got to give him some credit maybe for at least being energetic, and he probably did energize his own supporters. But what, what is their vision for the second term? I was thinking about this. If you put those two debates together, do we have any? Do they have any sense of what they're going to do to help the country over the next four years? Other than slashing really... malarkey by eighty percent and limiting right. the devaluation of stuff. It's entirely defensive. It. I mean, it's entirely scaring people about the Republican agenda mm-hmm. and pretending that you know things have gone better over the last four years than they have. And it really just struck me thinking about liberalism. You know, think of I don't know Hubert Humphrey, Bobby Kennedy. I, I noticed the Democratic spinners were saying that you know, well, the reason Biden had that crazy smile on his faces that he's a happy warrior, and that was a term that was used for Humphrey uh, back in the 60s and early 70s, uh, before the 60s even for Humphrey. Mm-hmm. And whatever you think of those liberal policies, whatever you think of Hubert Humphrey and Bobby Kennedy, they really did believe that they could improve things for the future. I mean, some of the policies didn't work out so well, but that was a sort of optimistic, forward-looking liberalism. Biden wasn't excitable because he's excited about the future. Biden was excitable only because he was desperately hanging on to the status quo. He's not going to change Medicare. He's not going to change Social Security. We're not going to do anything anywhere in the world. We can't really affect things for the better, but you can't let these guys take over because they'll get us into a war and ruin all these 70-year-old programs that we're supposed to be defending. It's a very defensive backward-looking um, liberalism. I was really struck by that. You know, you use the word happy warrior, and it's the way we use it around our house when my Uncle John is at a few too many bourbon and branch waters, and he's, <laughs> we tell the kids, he's just happy right now as he's rumbling around the house in his boxers yelling at the TV, Damn right. you, Bill O'Reilly! So there yeah. we go. I want to ask you, though, about the mission that each candidate had in the vice presidential debate, and I thought mission number one for Biden was to stop this natural lift that Mitt Romney has, or maybe the natural descent as the air is coming out of Obama's uh, uh, balloon. Do you think Joe Biden laid a glove on Mitt Romney last night? I don't think he did much damage at all to Romney. I was very struck by that. I, that's what I would have expected, a little more of a sustained assault on Romney. But he didn't really develop his points. He mentioned 47%, even mentioned the tax returns once, I think. But he didn't really go after Romney's Massachusetts record. He didn't go after, uh, in any detail, the Romney proposals. I think, though, he did probably shore up the liberal base a little bit. He gave them some energy. Uh, they're going to fight. They're not going to just sort of uh, mope around the stage the way Obama did. And so I, I think he did part of probably what he had to do. 
What about Paul Ryan? It's interesting to have a newcomer to uh, politics at the national level who doesn't have to pass the is he ready to be president test. I've yet to hear anyone say Paul Ryan's not ready. Have you? No, and I think he did fine, and most of the debate was on foreign policy, which isn't presumably his strength, and he was competent and, and knew a lot, and clearly been, you know, studied up a lot, as, as Paul would do, since he's such a serious guy. I and mean, if you know him, I'd say he was, it struck me as being slightly erring on the side of caution, which is understandable, and, and of getting back to what he had prepared, basically. I mean, there were moments where I just wished he would just sort of, you know, respond more, more right. uh, uh, in the moment, almost, to Biden, who was really saying ridiculous things. I mean, on Afghanistan, for example, I mean, the administration, the Obama administration's position is not simply to get out, or at least ostensibly, is not simply to get out in 2014. It's to negotiate some kind of agreement where there'd be some force left that would help the Afghans prevent, uh, uh, you know, al-Qaeda from setting up terrorist bases again. But uh, 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 Biden just went into, you know, we're getting out, we're getting out, and you guys want to fight wars everywhere. And it was saying, Libya, he was unbelievable. I mean, I, I wish Paul had slapped him around a little bit on right. some of these issues where uh, he was, Biden was really irresponsible. I've got to say that, thinking in foreign policy especially, he's the sitting vice president of the United States. What he says has some implications. If you were, you know, an al-Qaeda guy watching, an anti-American uh, guy, a Muslim extremist, wants the U.S. to withdraw from the Middle East, all you got from Biden is, you know, we're in retreat, we're getting out of there, we're not taking responsibility for anything, we're not doing anything difficult, we're never going beyond where Russia will let us go in the U.N., etc., uh, and it's interesting that you talk about Ryan's responses. The line of the night, everyone agrees, is when uh, he was uh, confronted with the 47 percent uh, statement from Mitt Romney and answer, well, Joe, you know, it's like when words don't come out of your mouth quite the way you wanted them to. And I thought that uh, was solid on what should have been a weak spot. Also, what did you think of Paul Ryan's answer on the abortion question? I, I, I got to be honest, uh, uh, Bill, I kind of clenched up and was gritting my teeth going, oh, please don't let this hurt too badly. I thought. Well, I've heard actually Paul tell that story, which I think is a genuine and heartfelt story about mm-hmm. going with his wife to see their for their first child for the ultrasound and how moving it was to see this you know tiny little photo of a or you know of a of a, a seven year old seven week old uh, uh, unborn child and and I, I I you know I thought he he sort of wanted to tell that story but he was feeling pressure of time and it didn't tell it quite as in a relaxed way, if you tell a story, you're better off telling it in a sort of relaxed uh, narrative as opposed to trying to kind of right. get it out, which had a little bit of that feeling. But I thought he was fine, and then I do think he made the point rather well that under Bill Clinton, the Democratic Party at least pretended not only to want to, want to keep abortion safe and legal, but also to make it rare, and Obama's moved away from that. And he could have even developed the extremism of the Obama administration on abortion and, relatedly, on religious liberty a little more than he did. But I, it was, I actually liked the fact that he... He was unabashed about saying, hey, look, I'm pro-life, and we're going to be a pro-life administration. And I think that's one of those issues where the, the media will think, oh, that was kind of rough for the Republicans to even have that issue come up. I think there are a lot of people out there who are closer to Romney and Ryan on that issue than they are to Obama and Biden. Oh, without a doubt, if you look at the poll numbers and if people talk about the individual issues, but it was there's this focus on women, that women are going to run away from Romney and Ryan. And I think the Obama campaign is counting on that flight of women. And I don't see anything that happened last night that would cause a significant impact, maybe a bump here, two, three points. Did they scare people in any meaningful way from the Romney-Ryan ticket? 
Yeah, I don't think so. And I do, you know, I myself sort of discount all the uh, Biden's histrionics and the grimacing. I just, you know, I'm sort of used to seeing Biden. And I guess I don't take it too seriously. And I also think, honestly, look, hey, this is, you know, big league politics. And if Biden wants to try to do this to throw, Ron, to throw Ryan off his game, it's, you know, it's like a, the, I don't know, a batter stick, stepping out of the batter's box a lot, you know. I mean, right. it, it's sort of legitimate. But, um, uh, but it didn't really work that well with Ryan. Uh, I don't know whether some vote – I've been struck just how many people I've talked to, including relatively non-political people, just over the last 20, you know, 12 hours, really, uh, who were put off by Biden. I wonder whether women, maybe in particular, are just put off by his rudeness. Um, and really, he's the vice president of the United States, you know? I mean, it's one thing if you're on some college campus having a fun debate. I sure. do this all the time. And some people like to play these kinds of games and distract the <laughs> opponents, you know what I mean? Or it's like a TV show, you know, like even right. – it's Juan Williams, you know? It's some crazy talk show host in Boston – Mouthing off at the top of his yeah, exactly. lungs with his you malarkey and this stuff. But, but, you know, Juan Williams rolling his eyes when I say something on Fox News Sunday, that's <laughs> fine. But this is, this is like the vice president and the vice presidential candidate of the United States. And the guy can't sit and respectfully listen to his opponent for 90 seconds. I, I really wonder how people will, will react to that. My completely apolitical wife who watched the uh, presidential debate all the way through got up after 20 minutes and said, I can't take Biden anymore and left the room. One last question for you, and that is, did any, so what, where is the campaign now? Did something happen in the last 24 hours? Is, is this meaningless? Are we still on this trajectory of Mitt's slow climb or Obama's slow descent, or is there something else? No, I think we've, I think Mitt has, I don't know if we're still on a trajectory of Mitt's slow climb or whether Mitt has climbed to parity and now we're even going into the uh, presidential debate next uh, Tuesday night. I think either is possible. He might continue to have some momentum. I don't think Biden changed anything fundamentally. I do think the one thing that strikes me is for a campaign that's supposed to be only about the economy, uh, foreign policy has gotten pretty prominent in this campaign. I really hope the romney uh, Ryan ticket doesn't sort of view that as a distraction and embraces it, honestly. I mean, it is Benghazi is such a scandal, in my view, and so revealing about this administration in various ways, both their incompetence and their ideology ideology, uh, their willingness to not tell the truth to the American public. Again, not it's one thing not to tell the truth about, I don't know, the distributional effects of tax plans, you know. It's another thing not to tell the truth about an incident in which an American ambassador and three other Americans are murdered, and then to kind of just continue to cover up. And so I really hope the, the Romney-Ryan ticket is willing to take on the Obama administration on foreign policy. That final debate is going to be on foreign policy. It would be ironic in a year in which everyone's been talking about the economy nonstop if we end up, if foreign policy ends up as the tiebreaker. Well, that's the load of malarkey and stuff from Bill Crystal here on Weekly Standard. Please join us again soon here at weeklystandard.com. Look for more podcasts right here.